In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you know exactly how fast you need to be in order to avoid being run down by a grizzly bear? You've heard the joke before, but it's true. Um, Faster than the guy next to you. That's all you have to be. You don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to not be the slowest person in the group. Unfortunately, I think a lot of us have an easy uh, facile, meaning a too easy, read when we hear this gospel. At the coming of the Son of Man, two will be taken out in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. It's easy for us to think that we are doing pretty well because it's so easy to compare ourselves, so we think, to people who don't go to church, to people who don't believe, to people who do actively bad things, to people who are uh, antagonizing us or, in other ways, just being um, doing nothing to hide uh, the bad things that they do. For, for a good number of us, especially those who are visiting home from college and others, it can be even demoralizing because it seems like everyone else is doing every bad thing, and I'm the only one who's not doing likewise. Well, at the end of this week, I have my annual physical. Fortunately, I did my blood work before Thanksgiving, so um, I don't have to worry about a hit. But an annual physical is uh, something where it's got to be quantified. It's easy to go and convince someone, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I'm even doing a little bit better, I think, than last time. It's easy for us to go into the confessional and and say, or even convince ourselves, I think I'm doing pretty well lately. Now, two, three, four weeks ago, I might not have been doing great, but uh, right now, I'm on a pretty good trend. I'm doing pretty well. In terms of what are the ordinary things, how, how kind am I to the people who usually frustrate me? How patient am I with with my spouse, with my children, with my in-laws, with my neighbors? How often do I lose my cool about whatever? It's very easy for us to think, well, I was bad in the past, but lately it's not, it really, it's it's getting better. That can easily delude us into into, into losing our vigilance. When in fact, what was the case two, three weeks ago usually is who we are. But, but those brief moments when we're doing really well, where we're really patient or really kind, um, breed a complacency. Now, I need to do a timeout here. If you are scrupulous, if you have ever been told that you have a scrupulous soul, for those of you who are unfamiliar with scrupulosity, there is a spiritual um, malady that we call scrupulosity, frequently goes in hand, hand in hand with being obsessive compulsive, where the scrupulous person convinces themselves that they are always committing mortal sin and that they are always 
um, unable to receive the sacraments, and that it's even impossible for them to go to confession. It's a crippling condition. And uh, so an examination of conscience for a scrupulous soul is very simple. Are you 100% certain that you 100% freely and 100% deliberately did something that you know for 100% certainty is gravely sinful? If not, then be at peace. That's an examination of conscience for someone with scrupulosity. The rest of us, we need to dig and dig and dig a little further. We need to quantify it. Our Lord is speaking about the end of time and his return. And he's telling us to stay awake. And he's reminding us that he is going to come at an hour that we do not expect. As, this, as the liturgical year came to an end with the Feast of Christ the King, with so many readings talking about the end of things and the end and the fulfillment of history, really, now it becomes even more personal. It's not just that the universe has, uh, has a purpose and a direction in its history, but we do personally. He's coming back for each of us to bring us to heaven. And, and in order to be able to be brought to heaven, in order to be able to be in the company of God and the angels and the saints and be happy and to rejoice, then we can't be the kind of people that St. Paul discusses in his letter to the Romans. Drunkenness has no place among us. Deliberately debilitating our brain has no place among the people of God. It is absolutely rampant outside of us, and it's rampant even among us, and it causes spiritual death. Lust, acting on lust, internally, not just physically, is spiritually Deadly. It is rampant outside of the people of God, and it is rampant inside the people of God. It causes the death of souls. It begins with young people at ages I would never have imagined. Growing up in the 1970s, when there weren't any such things as smartphones, it's hard to imagine how young children are when they begin when they get addicted to images that will lead them to mortal sin before they even realize what they're doing. We are surrounded by it to such a degree that it's, it takes effort for us to recognize it. It takes effort for us to recognize the filth that we breathe every day. A friend of mine, I should say a classmate of mine, Monsignor Bob McClory, was just named Bishop of Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana is that smog, filthy, pollution-filled place that you drive on the last bit of the Chicago Skyway before you get to the Windy City. Living in Chicago for a few years, you immediately know when the wind is coming from the south because you smell Gary and you smell Hammond. I'm 
But it's easy to, to, to become accustomed to it. It's easy to, it's easy to get used to a new normal. Living in Rome for four years, all of a sudden your, your lungs and your, uh, and your sinuses become filled with pollution that you don't even realize is there. After a year of living in Rome, in the 1990s anyway, you blow your nose, everything comes out black. But you don't realize it because it's just always there all the time. It's not a particular smokestack that you feel and smell when, it come, when the wind comes from a particular direction. We, we are, in fact, surrounded by immorality. We are surrounded by people who do not love God, do not worship him, and do not serve him. And so our vigilance, our putting on the armor of light, isn't an exercise in being judgmental about other people, but it's an exercise in vigilance about living a life of goodness and purity and holiness. Am I actually growing closer to God? Have I actually formed my soul in the last week, in the last month, in the last year? What does St. Paul tell the Romans? The hour for you to awake from sleep is now. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is advanced. Let us then throw off the works of darkness. So I encourage you this Advent... Take up a penance as you usually would during Lent. Not so severe, but something so that your being seriously spiritual is put into effect in your life. A new prayer, a new penance. Maybe not every, if it's a new prayer, do it every Sunday too. If it's a new penance, take a break on Sunday. And prepare for a very good confession. Make a good examination of conscience. The light that is coming into the world, Christ our Savior, will only be greeted and welcomed and celebrated by the people who have a good conscience, by the people who look forward to being seen by God, by the people who, who are eager for their lives and their, and their works to be known by all. We want to be those people. The effort that it will take and the sacrifice required is worth it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.